Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. English Boom Park. Camino Island, Washington. Oddly enough, it's also the... Uh, the place that uh, my firstborn son uh, was conceived. So, and no, I don't care if that grosses you out or uh, it's like, oh, that's pretty interesting for you to admit that, Mr. C.S. Joseph. I, I just don't care. I don't care how you guys react to that, but whatever. It's all good. But I want to have an opportunity uh, in my travels, because uh, I'm traveling right now, to uh, take you to one of the... Uh, more important uh, places in my life that uh, I've ever been. And uh, it's here. Can't really see it, but uh, behind me there in the distance, well, there's a lot of haze here, uh, it's Mount Baker. And going to Baker Lake, I camped there as a little kid, and it's fantastic. <laughs> took, a lot of, took a lot of my girlfriends out here and uh, walk in the driftwood on the edge of the beach it's um it's a great place full of lots of history and uh mosquitoes and uh i'm not actually cold i'm actually just trying to avoid mosquitoes right now so yeah but i just figured it would be an appropriate uh backdrop uh for tonight's uh confessions of an entp episode of course many of you have been wondering by now where the hell has cs joseph been I've been through a lot recently. Hello, Wendy. Hello. Um, I've been through a lot recently. And uh, <laughs> what's up, Josh? It's nice to see that you're doing good. Uh, all up from the truck, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, just wanted to uh, share with, with you folks and also discuss... Uh, you know, something important that I've had on my mind, you know, being an ENTP, etc. But yes, where has C.S. Joseph been? Well, I've been sick, actually. Um, my liver condition that I had uh, that initially caused me to start this YouTube channel, well, it, well, I relapsed, basically. And uh, that's where I've been. Railgun's good. Rogan's fantastic, especially after giving birth. She went back to work recently, and her coworkers are like, oh, how, I mean, did you even have a baby? She doesn't even look like she had a baby, like, at all. It's like, you can't even, you can't even tell that she had a baby at all, which is pretty cool, if you ask me. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, gosh, you can smell that marine air. Look at that. 
Look at that. Isn't that fantastic? You know, sunset. Out straight that way is Mount Erie. I may actually broadcast again at Mount Erie before I leave this place. It's a fantastic view. Um, absolutely fantastic. So yeah. It's kind of... Wow, this is a bunch of animals out there. Maybe that's a bunch of birds way off in the distance. I don't know. Just hanging on out on that island out there. But yeah. So anyway, uh, I got really sick, and but I'm recovered now. Uh, so it's all good. And uh, enjoying my, my travels. I was in uh, Snohomish yesterday. Got to hang out at the... Uh, Looking Glass, uh, the famous Looking Glass coffee shop in the Oxford Tavern, which apparently was founded in 1910 and was, uh, gosh, uh, haunted. I had no idea. I, I literally had no idea that it was uh, so haunted. So kind of an interesting standpoint there. Um, suppose it is a 5G connection out here. I don't know. I have no idea. So I'm just kind of rolling with it. Do I care about the quality of this dream not really as long as you guys can hear me i guess that's all i really care about the moon's out it's beautiful out here and this trail this trail is excellent would have liked to have been able to go live in the redwoods but uh when i visited the redwoods last week that didn't happen I did find a four-leaf clover though and i'll be probably posting that photo on my instagram in the very near future i actually found uh, my daughter found uh, two of them, so I had to one-up her and uh, find uh, another one, you know. I could have found more, but hey, I found the first four-leaf clover, so that's all that mattered. But I would have liked to have been gone live at the uh, at the Redwoods, but uh, here we'll do just fine. So, but yeah, I'm back, and I'm recovering, doing well. Uh, Jason Hooper's got me doing cold laser therapy, and it's been great breaking up some of the uh scar tissue in my liver and hopefully that should uh repair my liver before long and be back up to tip-top shape and went back to the gym yesterday gosh my chest is like so sore right now like it's really sore uh, after what i did to myself yesterday but i'm gonna be going back tomorrow and doing legs so and uh or maybe i'll do um abs back and biceps it's probably i might do that but eh, no, I'll probably do legs. But yeah, check out, check this out. Like, look at this. You know, we've got lots of driftwood here. I play hot lava monster here as a kid, and uh, you usually have a bunch of driftwood, you know, going for miles all the way across the uh, the beach, etc., which is great. And then you have to stay on the driftwood, and if you fall off, you turn into a hot lava monster. And it was just to see which of the kids that we'd play with. Um, could stay on the logs without necessarily, you know, falling in there and whatnot. So yeah, that's just kind of in general, like what we've uh, been able to do. Yeah, hey Lorenzo, como esta usted, señor? So, uh, ooh, got some rocks with barnacles on them. Gosh, love the marine air. It's so good. Um. So yeah, by the way, I just shot the final episode of How to Parent, so season 23, uh, which is uh, How to Parent Each of the 16 Types, is now done. Going to be uploading that 
Hopefully it'll be live tomorrow night. Um, and that's how to parent INFPs, the final episode of making the parenting season over with. Ooh, army of seagulls. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy that. It's uh, been a fantastic series. But this this episode of Confessions of the TV is going to be a preview of the next member series, and that is Mastering Your Demon. Gotta master your demon. Uh, and but mostly this episode is going to be talking about why would you want to master your demon? What do you get out of uh, mastering a demon? Why is it important? Well, it's it's quite important. Trust me. Ooh, those houses are very nice and insanely expensive. Uh, I am very content uh, with my Subaru. Very content with it. If you guys want, I might actually be able to show you the Subaru that I'm basically living out of right now, which uh, I like to travel with. So everyone gets so, you know, I don't know, got to stick up their butt about participating in society, etc. And it's like, well, I mean, I can be very content with very little and I will just live out of my Subaru because I can. I mean, why not? Why not live out of my Subaru? Because I can be comfortable in my Subaru. So that's what I'm going to do. So, but anywho. Uh, oh yeah, for those just joining us, this is uh, English Boom Trail on Kamano Island, Washington in the far Pacific Northwest. It's an amazing uh, background. So, oh, the uh, cutting edge lectures, you like that? Okay, fair enough. So, anyway, Confessions in ENTP, Depravity and Depression, Depression versus Depravity. So the new series in, the new series will be called uh, Mastering Your Demon Function. And a lot of people don't realize this, but if you really want to unlock happiness for yourself, you know, happiness is ultimately, you know, boils down to development of your subconscious, you know, whereas, you know, wisdom really is boiled down to development of your unconscious. But what a lot of people don't realize is that your demon is very linked to, uh, you know, your happiness. Uh, it's linked to being able to develop your subconscious, uh, you know, through cognitive orbit. If you don't know what cognitive orbit is, uh, I suggest you guys watch season 18. If you're on the mailing list, you get them for free, emailed to you once a month. We actually had a season 18 episode this week. Some of you showed up live for it, but uh, it turned out to be a horrible stream. So I'm just going to reshoot the whole thing tomorrow for you folks, and then we'll just email it out. So if you want to get in on receiving that episode and it's where we're talking about reflector functions this is something that we've never discussed before it's completely new if you want to have the opportunity at seeing and learning about uh, um you know uh, reflector functions uh then uh, well i mean railgun can join me and said subaru now couldn't she right uh in fact we're actually thinking about getting a ford transit van and uh, checking that out as well. So tons of options, but we're actually moving next week. Completely moving because you know me, I move once a year. No one knows where I live because I move all the time. I always change it up. I am like a digital nomad. Why, why, you know, go to school, go to college, get a job and just like have this, 
you know, bullshit way of living when you can just opt out of society and just do whatever you want. I think that's the more appropriate way of living. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, uh, developing your demon function and getting it to the point where you can turn it, you know, more angelic is also kind of like a backdoor to developing your own personal happiness. So if you want to be happy, you might want so this month for members, csjoseph.life forward slash members. Uh, and episode one of Mastering the Demon will be out towards the end of this month. And let me tell you, folks, it is absolutely critical. Um, and honestly, I also think the season 18 lectures are also, like the ones that we're talking about reflector functions right now, are also very critical. Reflector functions, for example, um, why, why is it important? Uh, it's important because it kind of helps you understand where you're coming from in certain circumstances, how people can react in certain circumstances. It can actually help you type uh, people with cognitive functions. And it also starts to expose just how and why people behave the way they do according to the type grid. All of a sudden, you'll be able to find out how certain cognitive functions or combinations of cognitive functions translates into pragmatic behavior or affiliative behavior, for example, right? Well, in order to understand, you know, the general structure of how the type grid comes together, you might want to understand reflector functions. It's not good enough to know cognitive axis. It's not good enough to know cognitive orbit. It's not good enough to know synchronicity or asynchronicity. It is important to also know reflector functions. And we're just exploring that in season 18. And folks, if you want to get those lectures mailed to you for free and not be a member, well, then you better be on our e email list and to be on our email list csjoseph.life forward slash type grid put in your email you're on our list or take the test csjoseph.life forward slash uh discover and just take the test so do that you get all that free stuff you're good to go all right i'm done being a salesman now so anyway with the season of mastering the demon coming around the corner and how to master your demon function and there's the mosquitoes they found me I'm going undercover. Gotta, gotta go undercover with the, those mosquitoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, then I have to pretend I, gotta pretend I give a shit. You know about wearing a mask in public because I don't give a shit. I'll never give a shit about that. I, I really don't. I, you know what's funny? I was driving into Washington State and there's this big sign that says you still have to wear a mask even if you're vaccinated. And I'm like, wow. Excuse me while I just like take a photo of myself in front of that sign while holding up my middle finger. Because, honestly, I don't, don't care. I really don't care. Like, no. I, I, I don't care at all. So, but anyway. Um, huh, it, it's just, it's just, it's just completely lame. <laughs> Anywho, so, uh, that being said, um, you know, mastering the demon is important. But why is it important? Yeah, happiness is one thing. Another thing is, is that, you know, your demon, your demon's going to just come out and destroy your life. And, you know, if you don't properly feed it, if you don't know how to have a good, healthy relationship with it, you know, your demon's like a, a roommate, you know, in your head, a roommate with your ego, right? And, you know, it's trying to just figure out what it's doing, you know, and, uh, your ego has its lover, and that's the your unconscious. Your superego has its lover, and that's the subconscious, right? 
But the demon is not really going to care about its lover because the demon is so focused on your ego and having to live with your ego because your super ego is like gross. You're gross. You're like that roommate that thinks it's okay to take your boogers and wipe them on the uh, bathroom uh, door for all to see, right? Just a complete, total, gross roommate. And that's literally how your superego, you know, sees your ego, right? Well, that sucks. And is that odds at it? Well, making peace between the two factions inside the household that is your head can provide you with a lot of options, could provide you with the uh, a lot of benefits, right? Well, I mean, if you don't do it, you're gonna be looking at things like, especially from an ENTP point of view, you're gonna be looking at things like depression. So, but why, why is that? You know, why, why is that? I mean, you know, it's no secret that extroverted sensing demon, which is my demon, hates reality. It absolutely hates reality. You know, ENTPs, we, we hate, we hate reality. But really, you know, that, that can lead to a lot of things. You know, when you're faced with reality being an ENTP, it's like all of a sudden you get like super mega depressed and you end up dealing with a ton of depression. And it just gets even worse because you end up having your reflector function with your introvert intuition, dis uh, despair going on with your nemesis. And then it's like, okay, you know, it's a reflector function directly connected to your introverted sensing inferior. And it's like, okay, I got lots of despair going on. I'm really, you know, afraid that I'm weak, etc. And then that just translates down via cognitive orbit to the SE demon, hating reality even more. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, then why, why even try? Why, why, why bother anymore? If it doesn't matter, no matter what I do, I'm just going to be screwed, right? Well, and this is what ultimately leads to the worst state an ENTP can be in, other than being insanely insincere and dishonest and lying about literally everything and living a life of delusion, uh, constant delusion and deluding oneself. The other state is, is that they can end up behaving just as depraved as an ENFP with their depravity vice because we have introverted sensing uh, inferior just like they do. Ooh. The sand feels very smooth on my shoes on the beach here. Very nice sand. Yep. And there we go. And that sand's a little harder. Ooh. Or not. Maybe I'll just uh, walk there, etc. Now I'm walking on the beach. So, anyway. That's ultimately like the source of depravity. But the thing is, though, is that like there's, there's a sense of entitlement that comes in there. ENTPs, let's be honest, we can be super mega entitled, like super entitled. And uh, why is that? It's because like we put a lot of effort into things. You know, I can make the argument that introverted sensing, especially when it's in aspirational mode, when it's aspirational, no one can outwork it. It can keep going and going and going. It's that energizer bunny and it'll keep going until those adrenal glands burn out and they're like basically putting themselves in a self-imposed coma and they're just completely burnt out afterwards. I mean, they'll just keep going and going and going and they'll take on obligation after obligation after obligation and just keep seeing it through, right? That's the thing. Well, not a good way to live your life being an ENTP. You kind of got to know when to stop. You kind of got to know when to stop.
But then sometimes that ENTP can get so obligated and they, it's because they can't really say, you know, they can't say no to obligations for some reason because, you know, every child's like, oh, they value me enough to ask me for help. Oh, that's fantastic. Or, oh, they want me enough to come to me to ask me for help. And I'm just like, really? Really? You know what? I hope I'm not on private property. Maybe I should go over there and read the sign. You know, that might be an appropriate thing to do. You know, hey, if there's like a hundred and plus people watching this chat, you know, if you guys want to keep me on, you probably should all hit the like button. Just saying. I might cut the stream short if I don't see enough likes. So I want to do that. Also, I'm going to be doing a couple more streams in the future where you folks will be able to join in to my Zoom webinar and then come actually talk to me directly on Zoom uh, during the show. Hopefully it's just make sure it sticks with the topic of the particular show, just so you guys know. Uh, but yeah. So how can us ENTPs feed our demon function? Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. That question is more suited to be covered in the Mastering Your Demon Function lecture, so let's uh, let's keep it that way. Bobby Fisher's an INTP, by the way. You know, they all gotta be annihilated, Eugene. That's an interesting quote that he said. I wonder, I wonder what he was talking about when he said that. But anyway, no trespassing, private beach and tidelands. Well, glad I turned around. I don't want to be violating someone else's property here. So we are going the other direction and enjoying this awesome beach with this dope uh, sunset. So anyway, back on topic because, you know, I'm Mr. Tangential Segway Man. And do I care? No, not remotely. Y'all are just on this ride with me. So, um, all right, 54 likes. That's, that's better. That's better. Let's get some more likes or I'll cut this short. So, um... Anyway, uh, with that being said, uh, putting in a lot of effort can really make an ENTP entitled. It can especially make an ENFP entitled. We get really entitled because we end up putting in a lot of effort and a lot of work into in things. And we think that, you know, this, this gives us the ability to essentially covert contract our way through stuff. I'm walking on driftwood right now, going out over... Uh, you know, this is, this is pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, this ends up happening consistently. And uh, I'll admit, you know, I'd, I'd get sometimes pretty entitled when I would work really hard uh, as well. Because then it's like, okay, yeah, I deserve more. Or I deserve this. I deserve a raise. That's probably the worst example I could think of. Me telling my boss I deserve a raise because I worked harder than anyone else. You know, it's funny that boss laughed at me and he's like, yeah, you're right. You do work really hard. The problem is, is that you don't actually get anything done. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Really? And that was his main point. And that's really the main point that needs to be made to any SI inferior, especially ENTPs, because we can get like the, you could be these little covert contracty bitch asshole crusader men or women who get super entitled because it's like, well, I put in a lot of effort in that. And I'm like, seriously, bro, like there is no difference. There's no difference between you and being on a rocking horse. A lot of movement, but going nowhere. You see what I'm saying? 
This is Washington State, Cloud Boys Music. This is on the island I grew up on. I lived in an island of Pacific, right? I told you folks, that's what I did. I lived in, I'm a you know, Pacific Islander, right? <laughs> Whatever, you know? Well, you know, like, that's like, this is where I grew up, right here. Right here, this is where I grew up, this is where I'm from. It's great, it's fantastic. So, but being, I uh, should probably put my hood back on. Here comes the mosquito. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a, it's a rocking horse. A lot of movement, going nowhere. And then we just get so entitled. We get entitled to everything. Entitled to more pay. Entitled to uh, more attention. Entitled to being picked first. Entitled because we end up thinking that we're better than other people because we put in a lot of effort. And then all of a sudden we find out that putting in a lot of effort doesn't mean you're entitled to success. Listen, like, I used to weigh 300 pounds. I got so depressed. I got so depressed um, because I had put so much effort into trying to lose weight and it just, and nothing I did worked. I read magazines. Gosh, I had, I had a subscription to Men's Health magazine even. I was reading all the things in that magazine and whatnot and I didn't get any success at all. And I got super bitter. Super bitter. And the bitterness itself, the bitterness of introverted sensing inferior itself is ultimately what led to <laughs> me being insanely depraved. To the point where I ended up even putting on more weight. Because it's like, wow, why do I just even care? I hate reality. It doesn't matter what I do to do it. Well, it's because it wasn't for lack of trying. It's just that I wasn't listening to the right people. You know, I'm 5'11". That's my height. I don't know if that matters. My father always told me if I would just break six feet, I'd make $10,000 more a year, uh, statistically. You can kind of see what his priorities were, right? <laughs> He's actually in driving distance from here. So... But the thing is, is that, like, you know, like, that boss, well, yeah, I didn't deserve a raise. I wasn't cutting the boxes properly. I wasn't following proper procedure. Or as my father would say, son, you need to learn how to do it right the first time. That was my father's biggest criticism of me personally growing up. I would never do it right the first time. I would put in a lot of effort. But I ended up putting in more effort because I was effectively cutting corners. I was constantly cutting corners all the time as SIUs. Of course, I'd cut corners because INTJs are masters of cutting corners. And my INTJ shadow was cutting corners still. Ooh, random, uh, random shotgun shell uh, on the beach. I wonder what was going on here. Interesting. I, I literally... I literally have no idea. Looks like a 20-gauge shell. I have no idea why that's here. That's interesting. And I, I used to be an arms dealer, so I spot that stuff pretty pretty easily. The sun's going down, so it's getting a little dark here. You know, so yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I was like, I weighed 286 pounds. Uh, it was not the worst I was, but I weighed 286 pounds as a 14-year-old starting high school as a freshman. That was, that was insanity. 
So, but yeah. Um, so yeah, introverted sensing, we can end up putting our effort into the wrong things or we can put our faith in the wrong things and we just put a lot of effort towards those things and it ends up causing more damage for us, which causes us to hate reality more. This is the problem. This is literally the problem. But then we get depressed about it. We get depressed about it because we get entitled to success. And that's the problem. ENTP is getting entitled to success because they put their effort. It doesn't matter that the effort was put in the wrong place. It doesn't matter that we put our faith in the wrong place, right, guys? It doesn't matter that we didn't do it right the first time. And we didn't put in enough effort to researching how to do it right the first time or asking other people's opinions about how to do it right the first time or at least allow us to get over our you know underdeveloped extroverted thinking critic so that our ti parent could actually wake the hell up and actually listen to other people about how to do it right the first time no no ENTPs, we don't have to do that no that's not us no no we we, we don't have to do that like what Earning it? No. No. You know, doing it right the first time? No. And then, and then we just get depressed. We just get depressed. We can't even get over our entitlement. And the entitlement, because, you know, sin nature from the superego, the self bending in on the self, the superego bends in on us more. And that deprav, you know, that, uh, that bitterness, that entitlement has to have an outlet, right? And that outlet, oh, folks, that outlet, that outlet is depravity. And then we just sink into this horrible depravity. I, I saw an ENTP recently. He's really depraved. He, uh, he loves him some cocaine. Really loves him some cocaine. He also loves him some heroin. Uh, really loves him some heroin. He's telling me he can get it $4 a hit. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's nice, I guess. I'm not gonna do that with you. No, uh, no thanks. Not doing that at all. And uh, so yeah, like we're not we're not doing that anymore. You know, <laughs> I'm not doing that. No thanks. So anyway, depression as a result of the bitterness of us putting in so much effort into the wrong things, oftentimes leads to often, oftentimes leads to depravity. And folks, if you're an ENTP or if you're an ENFP and you have SI inferior, you want to like make sure that you're not being depraved and like getting into that super mega selfish mode or self-interest mode. Yes, I have heard of gematria. Yes, I have. Um, based on that, like you, you might want to, um, you might want to consider this. It's important to avoid depravity because what does depravity do to an SI inferior? What does it do? It becomes really hedonistic. And what it does is that the SI inferior person all of the sudden, that was a really nice jet from the military base nearby. That's cool. Um, what the depravity does is that depravity makes that person literally makes that person um, weak because it surrounds themselves with comforts. They prioritize comfort over anything else in their life. That's SI inferior. They, they give themselves the comfort, right? Got to have the comfies, you know, the comfies. Well, they're going to get their comfies 
the problem is is that when you put an SI inferior, you know, in a place where they're completely comfortable, they're going to be absolutely weak. You have to have SI inferior amidst um, they have to be amidst uh, amidst um, struggle and adversity. So if an SI inferior is going to be wise in their life, you know, they need to keep struggle and adversity close to them at all times. Maybe even create their own adversity if necessary. It's like me challenging myself right now by living out of my Subaru and on the road. Practicing, you know, van life and other survival skills. I mean, I used to be homeless for, you know, two years. I should be able to figure it out, right? It's one of the reasons why I do this. So... But it's important. This is an example of me fighting my own depravity. This is an example of me letting go of that aspect of myself. It's absolutely necessary to do so. You know, because otherwise I'll just become weak. And what happens? What happens when an SI inferior is weak? Well, we hate reality. And we blame reality. When the reality of the situation really actually is, we need to be blaming ourselves. We need to be taking responsibility and realizing it, it's our own problem. Thank you, Underwater Panther, very much. And as Stellar Memer says, a weak SI inferior is worthless. And Stellar Memer is absolutely correct about that. Thank you. So obviously forcing yourself out of your comfort zone is good, but it makes no, there's no point in forcing yourself out of your comfort zone unless you have a specific outcome and you're going to do it right the first time. It's got to be meaningful. It's got to be meaningful because if it's not meaningful, you're not going to get anywhere in life like at all, like not even a little. It's absolutely important. You're not going to... You ain't going to be happy. That's for sure. Your demon will just consume you because you'll just hate reality more. When... what ...to be allowing yourself to have adversity and struggle and solve those adversities and struggles by learning how to do it right the first time. My father's number one criticism of me. And he was right. Gotta learn how to do it right. Do it right the first time. So it shows you how, you know, we put in all this effort and then we become entitled. Entitled people, which honestly sucks. Um, so yeah, you don't want to be that entitled, folks. Really, you don't want to be that entitled. I, I was that entitled. I was that depraved. And I gave everything I had and committed horrible idolatry with creature comforts and surrounded myself like most SI inferiors do with muh creature comforts. And then I just became super weak. Now I'm a lot stronger because I'm able to put struggle and adversity around me and keep them as close friends within my life to keep my SI inferior sharp, to keep my SI inferior strong as is necessary for the sake of success for an ENTP. So uh, it's also necessary to reaching happiness as an ENTP. You want to have happiness? Consider these things. Don't allow your bitterness 
to be there. Because here's the situation. You as an ENTP, you're not entitled to being bitter. You're not entitled to being bitter at all. Do you know why? Because you failed. You failed. I don't care how much effort you put in. The effort was probably put in the wrong place or you listened to the wrong people or you didn't listen at all. How, what business do you have being bitter if you put in all the effort in the wrong place to begin with? What business do you have? Or if you put your faith in the wrong thing, the wrong person, the wrong system, the wrong ideal, the wrong idea. That ain't my fault, right? Well, gotta let go of that. Seriously gotta let go of that, folks. Because that's what's wrong. That's absolutely what's wrong. So understand, understand like this is, this is not what you want for an ENTP with your life. This is not what you want. You want to be happy? Make yourself strong. You want to be strong? Find your struggle. Find your adversity. Become something more. You don't want to, you know, but don't let yourself get bitter. Don't let yourself get bitter like me. Yeah, I'm bitter. I'm bitter all the time. Y'all know it. Well, fix it. Fix your bitterness. Or don't allow yourself to be bitter in, to begin with. That would be nice. Don't let yourself become bitter. And realize that, well, you got to keep going. You have to be willing to, you know, practice. problem is the NTPs being starter types, we don't really practice that much, do we? We have SAD, but you think we're interested in practicing? We just want to be like, okay, let's do this thing. Hopefully it works. Oh, it worked. Yay. Move on to the next thing. You know, where's the practice, right? There could have always been a better way to do it, right? As my father would say, do it right the first time. There's no different with that. So anyway, ENTP and you're depressed because you're bitter, it's on you. It's not on anyone else. Don't blame it on anyone else. It's really your own fault. It's either because you're not willing to listen, you're not doing the research, you're putting your effort in the wrong person, place, or thing, or idea, or whatever, or the worst of them all, you're just plain not listening. That's the worst part. So I recommend you ENTPs out there, you start listening. Because that's really how you're going to like figure this out. Make you less bitter. You'd be less entitled. So stop allowing yourself to be entitled, right? Anyway. So yeah, that's it for this episode. Confessions of the ENTP. Depravity and depression or depression. It's always, always the ENTPs, you know. Even ENFPs do it too. But using depression as an excuse for depravity. There's just really, there's just really no, no point. I'm not saying that you can't be bitter about anything ever. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is don't let your bitterness consume you. Don't allow your bitterness to inhibit you from growing. Because your bitterness will just allow you will just cause you to go all out for your creature comforts instead of like actually solving the problem on your own, instead of actually like being strong. Let me ask you something, ENTPs. Let me ask you. How much less would you hate reality if you were strong enough to face reality? Huh? You might want to ask yourself that question. Right? Anyway, folks, that's it for this stream. Thanks for watching. 
And uh, I'll see you guys probably tomorrow. Later.